0: our podcast Bhagavad Gita 5 verses everyday. Let us start our podcast. In this episode of our podcast, I will read to you the second chapter which is contents of the Gita summarized. Let me give you a small summary of that. In this chapter, Arjuna submits. To Krishna, Lord Krishna as his disciple. And Krishna begins his teaching to Arjuna by explaining the fundamental distinction between the temporary material body and the external spiritual soul. The Lord explains the process of transmigration, the nature of selfless service to the supreme and the characteristics of a self-realized person. Text 1 Sanjaya said, Seeing Arjuna full of compassion, his mind depressed, his eyes full of tears, Madhusudhana, Krishna, spoke the following words, material compassion, lamentation, And tears are all signs of ignorance of the real self. Compassion for the eternal soul is a self-realization. The word Madhusudhana is significant in this verse. Lord Krishna killed the demon Madhu. And now Arjuna wanted Krishna to kill the demon of misunderstanding that had overtaken him. In the discharge of his duty. No one knows here where compassion should be applied. Compassion for the dress of a drowning man is senseless. A man fallen in the ocean of Nessines cannot be simply saved by rescuing his outward dress, the gross material body. One who does not know this and laments for the outward dress is called a Shudra, or one who laments unnecessarily. Arjuna was a Kshatriya, and in this conduct was not expected from him. Lord Krishna, however, cannot dissipate the lamentation of the ignorant men. And for this purpose, the Bhagavad Gita was sung by him. This chapter instructs us in self-realization by an analytical study of the material body and the spirit soul as explained by the supreme authority Lord Krishna. This realization is possible when one works without attachment to fruitative results and is situated in the fixed conception of real self. Text 2 The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, My dear Arjuna, how have these impurities come upon you? They are not at all befitting a man who knows the value of life. They lead not to higher planets but to infamy. Parpet, Krishna and the Supreme Personality of Godhead are identical. Therefore, Lord Krishna is referred as Bhagavan through the throughout the Gita. Bhagavan is the ultimate in the absolute truth. The Absolute Truth is realized in three phases of understanding, namely Brahman or the impersonal, all-pervasive nature, Paramatma or the localized aspect of Supreme within the heart of all living entities, and Bhagavan or the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Krishna. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, this conception of Absolute Truth is explained. The absolute truth is realized in three phases of understanding by the knower of the absolute truth and all of them are identical. Such phases of absolute truth are expressed as Brahma, Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagawan. These three divine aspects can be explained by the examples of the sun which has three different aspects namely the sunshine, the sun's surface and the sun planet itself. One who studies the sunshine is the preliminary student, one one who understands the sun's surface is further advanced and one who can enter the sun planet is the highest. Ordinary students who are satisfied by simply understanding the sunshine, its universal pervasiveness and the glaring effulgence of Its impersonal nature may be compared to those who can realize only the Brahman feature of the Absolute Truth. The students who had advanced still further can know the Sun Disc, which is compared to the knowledge of Paramatma, the feature of the Absolute Truth. The students who can enter into the heart of the Sun Planet is compared to those who realize the personal features of the Supreme Absolute Truth. Therefore, the Bhaktas or the Transcendentalists who have realized the Bhagavan feature of the Absolute Truth are the topmost Transcendentalists. Although all students who are engaged in the study of the Absolute Truth are engaged in the same subject matter. The sunshine, the sun disk, and the inner affairs of the sun planet cannot be separated from one another. Yet, the students of the three different phases are not in the same category. The Sanskrit word Bhagavan is explained by the great authority Parasara Muni, the father of Vyasadeva, the Supreme Personality, who possesses all riches, all strength, all fame, all beauty, all knowledge and all renunciation is called Bhagavan. There are many persons who are very rich, very powerful, very beautiful, very famous, very learned, very much detached, but no one can claim that he possesses all riches, all strength, etc. Entirely. Only Krishna can claim this. He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. No living entity, including Brahma, Lord Shiva or Narayana, can possess opulences as fully as Krishna. Therefore, it is concluded in the Brahma Samhita by Lord Brahma himself that Lord Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. No one is equal or above him. He is the primeval Lord or Bhagavan known as Govinda. He is the supreme causes of all causes. There are many personalities possessing the qualities of Bhagavan, but Lord Krishna is the supreme. None can excel, excel Him. He is the supreme person. His body is eternal, full of knowledge and bliss. He is primeval Lord Rovinda and the causes of all causes. In Bhagavatam also, there is a list of many incarnations of Supreme Personality of Godhead, but Krishna is described as the original Personality of Godhead, from whom many, many incarnations and personalities of Godhead expand. All the list of incarnations of Godhead submitted herewith are either plenary expansions or parts of plenary expansion of Godhead the Supreme Godhead, but Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead Himself. Therefore, Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Absolute Truth, the source of both the Supersoul and the impersonal Brahman. In the presence of Supreme Personality of Godhead, Arjuna's lamentation for his kinsmen is certainly unbecoming. And therefore, Krishna expressed his surprise with the word "kuta," Where from? It means where from. Such impurities were never expected. From a person who is belonging to a civilized class of men, known as Aryans. The word Aryan is applicable to persons who know the value of life and have a civilization based on spiritual realization. Persons who are led by material conception of light do not know that the aim of life is realization of the absolute truth. Vishnu, Bhagavan, and they are captivated by external features of material world. Therefore, they do not know what liberation is. Persons who have no knowledge of liberation from material bondage are called non-aryans although arjuna was a kshatriya he was deviating from his prescribed duties by declining to fight and this act of cowardice is described as befitting the non-aryans such deviation from duty does the opportunity does not help one in the progress of spiritual life nor does it give one the opportunity to become famous in the world. Lord Krishna did not approve the so-called compassion of Arjuna for his kinsmen. TEXT 3 O son of Partha, do not yield to this degrading importance. It does not become you. Give up such petty weakness of heart and arise, O chastisizer, of the enemy." Parpat, Arjuna was addressed as the son of Partha, who happened to be the sister of Krishna's father Vasudeva. Therefore, Arjuna had a blood relationship with Krishna. If the son of Kshatriya declines to fight, he is a Kshatriya in name only. And if the son of Brahmana acts impiously, he is a Brahmana in name only. Such Kshatriyas and Brahmanas are unworthy sons of their fathers. Therefore Krishna did not want Arjuna to become an unworthy son of a Kshatriya. Arjuna was the most intimate friend of Krishna and Krishna was directly guiding him on the chariot. But in spite of all these credits, if Arjuna, abundant in the battle, he would be committing an infamous act. Therefore, Krishna said that such an attitude in Arjuna did not fit his personality. Arjuna might argue that he would give up the battle on the grounds of his magnanimous attitude for the respectable Bhishma and his relatives. But Krishna considered that sort of magnanimity were weakness of heart. Such false magnanimity was not approved by any authority. Therefore, such magnanimity or so-called non-violence should be given up by persons like Arjuna under the direct guidance of Krishna. Text 4. Arjuna said, O killer of enemies, O killer of Madhu, how can I counterattack with arrows in battle men like Bhishma, Drona who are worthy of my worship, Parpat, respectable warriors and superiors like Bhishma. Grandfather of Arjuna and Dronacharya, teacher of Arjuna, are always worshipable. Even if they attack, they should not be counterattacked. It is the general etiquette that superiors are not to be offered even in a verbal fight. Even if they are sometimes harsh in behavior, they should not be harshly treated. Then, how is it possible? for Arjuna to counter-attack them. Would Krishna ever attack his own grandfather Ugrasena or his teacher Sandipani Muni? There were some of this argument offered by Arjuna to Krishna. Text 5 It would be better to live in this world by begging than to live at the cost of life of great souls who are my teachers. Even though desiring worldly gain, they are superiors, even if they are killed, everything we enjoy will be tainted with blood. Purpet. According to script- scriptural quotes, a teacher who engages in abominable action and has lost a sense of discrimination is fit to be abandoned. Bhishma and Drona were obliged to take the side of Duryodhana because of his financial assistance, although they they should not have accepted such a position simply on financial considerations. Under such circumstances, they have lost the respectability of teachers. But Arjuna thinks that, nevertheless, they remain his superiors. And therefore, to enjoy material profit after killing them would mean that to enjoy spoils tainted with blood. That's the end of five verses in our episode. Thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.